Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, which featured Andy Brassel. He was back, our European football expert. Yeah, he gave us his take on the World Cup. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about the World Cup final in yeah. England. Then uh, we strayed into some more uh, unusual pre- mid-season, not mid-season, off-season areas. <laughs> not mid-season. Lost the plot. I have... <laughs> uh, he thinks it's the mid-season. And then um, <laughs> we had, uh, we had um, talking about long drives in golf. There is an actual tournament for people who can hit the ball very hard, and we heard how it all works, didn't we? Yeah. So, so that, basically. Well, I hope you enjoy it. And don't ask oh, me. Oh, yeah, don't ask me. A thrilling one. It really was. Six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, we got the final that the tournament deserved, I think. It was yeah. a, a, a smashing Six game, especially for thriller. about an hour, you know. And, and even when Croatia got their second goal, you know, it just felt old Scorg now gone. Yeah. Last... Just when you thought it was dead <clears> at 4-1, <throat> 4-2, yeah. good old Hugo in one of his moments that he occasionally has, as I've learned at my cost. And then... And then it, suddenly you're thinking, oh, 4-3, this is game on again. Could so it be. kept the interest up. It was it? just great. And they were so unlucky. And, uh, you know, they, for the first hour, they were the better side. And we'll talk about the controversial decisions. I watched the match with um, a Croatian family yeah. and two Argentinians, which would have been fine okay. had the referee not been Argentinian. It <laughs> did get a little bit edgy. Did it really? Oh, yeah, it did really. So. What did they think of Patana's performance and well, the, ref, I, the Argentinians? Well, did, I did they rate him? Is he kind of... Yeah, oh, no, he's a well-known is referee. He's their yeah. kind of Howard Webb, is oh, he? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they, they right. They love him. I think they thought he did a. Well, were they getting behind the lad? Were they some very supportive? Well, no, I don't think they were because they, they wanted they wanted name? Croatia to win, so mm. they were a bit upset with him. But you know, they're always going to defend their own. The, the Croatians not happy about it, really. But no. you know, Martin Kian, <laughs> he was a strange. Mm. I think mm. it, you know, it's strange choice in a way for the final. I mean, it was it's, you know just some of the things he said were really quite. Stable. He, he was desperate. Point, he said, yeah. "Well, VAR has had its day." You think. What do you mean he's had its day? It's only just started. And there was just loads of things like that. You know, we just think, what are you talking about? He was desperate to bring, uh, use the analogy of the weather and the stormy weather um, and bring it into the game. Because a few times Guy Mowbray was saying, oh, just a hint of lightning there. And Martin said, well, the real lightning's on the pitch with Mbappe. You'll get the idea, Martin. You're constantly trying to bring it back. To yeah. the players on the pitch based on the weather. They used to call him the water carrier. Mm. Today he's carrying buckets of champagne. Yeah. Oh, I didn't a... quite know what to do. I mean, I, 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 was, I, t- I was torn because uh, I went with the Beeb initially. And mm. I thought, Clive's doing the other side. He's an old chum. So I thought, let's have a listen to Clive. Glenn, one of my mm. sporting heroes. 
Um, and so I, I, I turned over a few times and was, was it, flicking back Was it Guy Mowbray? I thought it was Steve Wilson. I didn't no, it was Guy Mowbray who was doing right. the game. Yeah, so so I, I felt... one, after the Larice thing, he said, you won't believe what you've just seen. I thought, well, Spurs fans will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they're used to it, really. But and then, it, then Martin Keown accused Mandukic of play acting Yeah, with about... 15 minutes to go or 10 minutes to go and they're losing 4-2 why would he play it why would he time waste well, yeah, I know. Uh, it was a, a very strange there was a lovely thing, moment really. there was uh, a lovely moment with Glenn when I turned over where he was talking about Mbappe's useful exuberance <laughs> well I think it's always been use, useful to be exuberant isn't it really? <laughs> it is really and uh, he's, what was this one? Oh yes yeah, it was good to see Popeye's favourite player playing for Croatia Strinich oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was very good. That's yeah. I got you. Is that it? That's what else you wrote down, was it? You're watching the greatest game in world football and you're coming up with Popeye gags. Well, that's true, really, you know. But you've got to, Separating you've got to... Argentina. I did enjoy the, the, the end was fantastic with Putin, with the only person with the umbrella. Yeah. It was brilliant. Mm. And especially the bloke holding it had it in a certain way that it was just all dripping onto Macron. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, and also, Putin's left sleeve was getting soaked and the bloke obviously eventually moved to cover yeah. him completely. So he, he that left sleeve might be used to tighten around that bloke's neck probably later on last <laughs> night. It wasn't great, really. Yeah. So um, he, he was still drier than everybody else. So he know. was. I mean, fantastic. I oh, the Croatian. Done. She hugged everybody, didn't she? Yes. French and uh, probably the referees. Um, oh, I think she did hug she the gave, referee. She yeah. gave them all a hug. But yeah, um, she, she did. did what I liked about her, though, I mean, obviously she was the, the barnet had gone by the end of it. Was stuck to her head, and she wouldn't have liked that. There was her kind of yeah, yeah. window, wasn't it? So she's standing there. Like a drowned rattle there <laughs> running. It. Great. But she didn't care. What she did was they smiling do away. I mean, they That's what you call to, president. They would have had to go home in wet, dripping wet clothes. I think they might have a change of clothes well, for them. I don't think they would, would they? Would, they would, would Macron have a change of clothes? They wouldn't have expected to <laughs> they could change not his one, clothes. Not one up for him. They'll find him a sort of t shirt, really? a pair of shorts in oh, there. Oh, you mean that sort of way, rather well, than I'd, a suit? I'd, well, I don't know, wouldn't they? You don't take a spare suit with you everywhere, do you? You don't expect to get caught in that kind of downpour. I've just spotted another Martin that I wrote down, Martin Kelly. He said, the, he was talking about the French, French defence, and they're saying, we will not be moved. You mean, we shall not be moved. Yeah. <laughs> just slightly wrong. Just get it slightly wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Never mind. Well, we got a great final. Third place game. Bit of frustration. Oh, yeah, again. second half, we played oh, well. Frustrating. It was. England unlucky. You know, the, that was always going to end up 2-0 or 1-1, you know, and then go into extra time. But you just... Dyer was so close. He suddenly started to play really well yeah. just before that. And he did have a very good quite second progressive. Half. Yeah, he thought he played very well. It's mad though, isn't it, with the stats when you consider that, that we've lost more games at this World Cup than any in our history. Yeah. In terms of defeats, three defeats. Yeah. So we lost more games in this World Cup than ever before than any other World Cup. But that doesn't tell the story of no, it doesn't tell of what story. went on, does it? Yeah. The thing is, though, people saying, "Oh, this young team is more young." It's, it's true, but you know, Fran the average age of the France team is younger than the England team, which is slightly yeah. worrying. In terms no, David Ginlow was right. We heard that clip yeah. there with Toby, didn't we? He's yeah. right. It's, it's the start of something special for them. In uh, the England game, the ref did what I call a John Moss. He allowed the ball to be placed for the corner and then blew for half time. That's so annoying. Oh, that, that was not a good one, was it? It's <laughs> yeah. a Clive Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Um, and just a final word on the waistcoat. It's a great bit by Giles Smith in the Times at the mm. weekend. He said uh, the greatest thing about it was that he pulled it off. He said waistcoat no jacket as a look mm. is not easy to pull off. He said it's practically impossible to dress this way without looking as though you're about to punch someone in the face at a wedding. <laughs> what a top line. <laughs> well, it's, no one's going to be that. It's very true. Well, Talking of good lines, um, my friend's wife was watching the game with us. And when Stephen Nzonzi came on, she said to me, 
Is that Stephen from Swansea? Why is he playing? <laughs> why is he playing for France? That was, wouldn't that be a funny. great way to? Wouldn't that be a great way to introduce players onto the pitch though, as if they're going to be on a game show? Are they just about to go on to bullseye? A bit of a caller though. Stephen, Stephen from Swansea on yeah. line three. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's right. Uh, <laughs> There must have been moments, you, if you've got any of those where you watched, we've done this before, but where you've watched football with people who don't and watch And the World Cup's a classic example. Yeah, if there yeah. was any fine comments coming out of the World Cup uh, final, that would be good. Actually, you can top Stephen I'm, from Swansea. I might, I might get a bit good. of a shooing for this, but uh, <laughs> oh, my missus did one. She said, <laughs> here we go. She said, is the referee wearing Argentinian colours on purpose? <laughs> and me and my son both looked at each other <laughs> and we said, no, it's just pure. I mean, it was a good question yeah, because well, he was wearing a light a... blue top and black oh, shirt. Oh, no, that's a reasonable question. It was a reasonable yeah, question, but we did point out. I mean, I love the idea that the referee <laughs> would wear the colours of their nation when they did a game so we could have a third kit clash <laughs> yeah, to worry about. Yeah, that's true. But there was nothing wrong with that question, I'd say, because I want to go home tonight in one piece, of course. I thought there it was, was, a no, it was a good. It was a fair question. <laughs> I do like Stephen from Swansea, though. <laughs> Contestant number no, three. It's right. Um, it? Also, our old mate Omid Jalili asked a question this morning. We saw him oh, last week. Oh, yeah, I found another Martin Keogh. Go on, get out, get <laughs> get out of your system. Give us your Martin Keogh. What are you talking about Mbappe? He's saying, I'm not sure what he had for breakfast this morning, but we want something. You think, what's that got to do? Forget all the coaching, the practicing, oh, the experience. You, no, no, you're a bit of it. It's probably now. muesli on yoga. It doesn't really matter. You're being a bit tired. No. That's the old thing. I'll have what he's having. Oh, thing, I know. I think you've gone too far there. Oh, I defend like Martin's it. corner there. I do. He still um, hasn't. Put it down to useful. Put it down to useful exuberance. Now, um, yeah, Omid <laughs> said earlier on, uh, has anybody got any uh, remedy for World Cup withdrawal? Oh, yes. That's Is a there point. such a thing? Because I, I did feel a bit bereft really last night. I, mean, I have felt bereft for a few. few once the, you, you, you get it mostly, you get it in phases. You get it yeah. after the first group stage when you've had three games a day. You've really got used to that. Then you get the quarterfinals, and then, so there's a bit after that, and then there's a bit after, after the semi-finals, the and thing then is, there's the complete anti-climax. The thing is, is our head of football, David Walker, will testify when he gets back. You spent practically the whole of the first stage moaning that there was too much football on. Well, oh, we cut three games a day. No, because some of them didn't matter. You know, I, can't, I couldn't watch things that didn't Iran matter. Iran versus Morocco. No, when you know when the two bottom teams in the group were obviously going to finish third and fourth played each other. No, I didn't feel the need for that. Okay. But um, yeah, it's true because you do find yourself saying, "I'm not more football," and then two mm. weeks later, you're gagging for more football, aren't you? So I've only got to wait. It's th- it's less than three weeks to the Community Shield. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait! Oh, can't wait for a five 0 defeat. <laughs> be marvelous. So um, let us know this afternoon if you're, how you're dealing with World Cup withdrawal at the moment. What your plans are? What you've started doing? Mm. Uh, so we'll pass the them on. The season's going to be a little bit skewed. I mean, you know, Arsenal fans are going to be quite excited because. A lot of their players either weren't in the World Cup or have very poor World Cups. Mm, so they're, back so they're kind of back early. And so that gives them a slight advantage. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that first up, um, the recovery period, what they need to do if they are going to make it back for the start of the season. Obviously, City and Spurs probably worse hit than anybody else. So we'll be chatting about that uh, with uh, Ben Dinnery from uh, Physio Room. We'll be drawn by Andy Brassel in the studio, look at some of the big stories around Europe, some of the transfer deals. If you've signed overseas players from European clubs, uh, Andy will be able to mark your card. So West Ham fans, definitely stick around uh, from half past one. Talk a bit of Wimbledon. Keith Hackett gives his take uh, on uh, what went on with the referee yesterday. That did have a telling uh, mark on the game, of course. We can't pretend it God, didn't. Well, it's huge. We'll talk boxing, as uh, we know Joshua versus Povetkin is on. A bit of golf and lots more besides. All to come me and Andy. Plus a bit of don't ask me at the end of the show. But as we said, we'll look at the effect this tournament's had on some of the players in the Premier League very shortly. 
Well, Hawks, Manny Jacobs here on TalkSport. My youngest son gave me a stat yesterday. Um, mm. Apparently, Harry Kane did the seventh most running of any player in the tournament. I'm thinking, that can't be right. That's probably not, for not a striker. Right. No. No wonder he wasn't there to get on the end of things. He was flogged. Yeah, he had a great start to the tournament, and then he just did fall away, didn't he? He what? tried to be, tried to do too much, mm. really. To make things felt happen the responsibility when they weren't happening. Yeah, captain, absolutely. No that questions. happens a lot yeah, sure. with captains. He's one of many players uh, who may be struggling to be mentally and physically fresh for the start of the season. Uh, here to talk about that um, from uh, Physio Room, of course, uh, is Ben Dinnery. Hi, Ben. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good thank thanks. You. you know, I didn't realise till today there's a Premier League rule that says a player must have a two week break between seasons. I didn't know it was kind of written in stone. Um, yeah, it's it's a FIFA guideline, the recommendation that you know um, at the end of the tournament, um, you know players need to to go away and just uh, refresh themselves, recuperate, um, go out in the limelight, um, yeah, and, and and prepare themselves for the for the upcoming season. In terms of conditioning, I mean, we were talking about this last week and all the extra time that Croatia played. When you're playing a lot of football, I mean, it kind of keeps you ticking over. Not having that great switch off over the summer that many players did that weren't in the tournament. They've got the big pre-season to come back. Although mentally and physically you're fatigued, you're probably a little bit further down the road than others, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the fitness work probably would have been done, um, you know, pre-tournament. So once the tournament was in play... Um, it would have been just a case of uh, players being involved in matches and, and certainly those who are playing the majority of the minutes, a lot of the stuff would be just around maintenance and maintaining the fitness levels. While those players on the, on, on the fringe, those peripheral players, you know, will be tra- training with slightly increased levels. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, when they go back after this, you know, maybe two or, or potentially three week break, you know, they're going in with still good levels of fitness. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea have insisted all their players have three-week breaks. I mean, some of them, a couple of them may not be Chelsea players by the end of that three weeks. But you can see why. And, and although John Stones and Harry Kane, it's admirable they want to be fit for the start of the season, they want to play, it could affect them down the road, couldn't it? Sort of, you know, come November, December, they could be starting to feel very tired and, and prone to injuries. It's probably best to have a break, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say, we have this, this two-week recommendation place the reality is some players, um, you know, it could be three, potentially up to a month for some. That will come down to the individual, um, the position they play, the, the style of play, um, the, the minutes of involvement. And, yeah, you're right, um, players who have been involved in, in tournament play uh, are susceptible to, to injuries, um, whether it be muscular and soft tissue tears. But not only that, um, when they do become injured, injured um, they tend to stay out slightly longer on average than, than those who've um, taking part in a, in a full pre-season programme. I mean, the, 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 the physios and the, and the sports scientists and everything around the top clubs is so sophisticated. Now, they'll be fully aware of this. It's, you know, gone are the days, really, when they come back after two weeks and they're running up and down hills, uh, Sergeant Major style. So they'll, they'll be aware of all these and they're used to managing players back from injury. So, you know, they'll, that'll be an element of that to it, just managing the players in those first couple of months. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, this, this element of guesswork has, has gone out of the game now. Um, you know, clubs and, and backroom staff and medical teams, you know, they know their players inside out. Um, you know, they know the levels they need to be attaining. And any dips in performances can be pinpointed as, as to why. You know, and, and we often heard Arsene Wenger refer to players being, you know, in the red zone, those players at high risk of injuries. And, and, and you know, when, once those are flagged, you know, players will be removed from, from training or their training loads will be altered accordingly. 
I said that pre-season training is still incredibly important. It's got more sophisticated, but it's still very, very important. And some of those players coming back now will just won't be able to do it in quite the same way, which could you know, cause them injury issues a bit later on in the season. That's what the research says, isn't it? It is, yes, yeah. I mean, pre-season effectively it forms a cornerstone uh, of the full season for, for any player. Um, and any disruption to that programme, yeah, we see uh, increased levels of, of, of injury incidence and increased um, time out. So, you know, it's, about, it's a fine balancing act. Um, players coming back from, um, you know, the tournament play um, will effectively take part in some kind of refined pre-season programme. It will not be your typical sort of five to six weeks of intensive work. Um, you know, we, we, they're talking about um, Jamie Vardy and, and Harry Maguire um, will be back after 15 days. You know, can players be involved in the opening weekend? You know, quite possibly. Uh, are they likely to start? I, I maybe suggest not. You know, being in and around the squad and maybe um, introduced from the bench would be a more realistic um approach to that, I think, with a, with a gradual increase of minutes, maybe towards um, the end of August. Even at the start of the season, though, you, you often hear managers talking about <clears throat> not getting your match fitness, your match sharpness for at least five, six games, in, in, even if you've had a good pre-season. So it is going to be difficult for these players to catch up. I mean, I think in an ideal world, wouldn't they come back about mid-September, wouldn't they, having <laughs> done their own pre-season? But well, yeah, yeah, that's I unlikely mean, to happen. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about productivity, you know, and, and, and players' output, and you you will see um, dips in levels of performances, um, certainly during those those first few weeks. Um, players coming back from long-term injuries can sometimes take between sort of eight and twelve games mm. before they actually, mm. you know, get back to that level of sharpness. So, it'll you know it'll be managed. Um, players will be assessed and monitored, and, and clubs will you know cut their cloth accordingly, and, and that will vary from from club to club and, and player to player. Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks very much, Ben. Brilliant. Thanks, <clears throat> Thanks, Bye. There we are. Uh, physio rooms, Ben Dinnery there. It's funny that the season's starting so... I mean, people, fans will be delighted and we'll all be delighted because mm. after three weeks without football, we'll be desperate again. But it would have been better if it started a bit later, really. Yeah. From I mean, an ideal it, point of view. But anyway, that's not what's happened. It gets underway on the 11th, doesn't it? Which yeah, I mean, normally after a World Cup, they normally kick off around the 18th. 18th. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a strange one. And there's no tournament next summer, is there? So... No, yeah, there's no reason for the season having to be curtailed. It's a strange one. Um, transfer window closes on the ninth, of course. Let's not forget so yeah, the not transfer Europe, deadline day. Oh no! Come yeah. and help yourself. Well, not calling to Peter Coates in that conversation we had all the time. He didn't yeah. have an issue with it. And yeah, a lot of people wrong. don't. Well, we'll we'll find out in the fullness of time. But it does feel pretty high risk. The closer we get to that, hmm. and you were so right on Friday. Well, then we've bitched about VAR certainly in the final yesterday at times during the tournament. Hmm. There's going to be. It's going to be moments, key moments during the season when we're going to be thinking, I wish we had VAR in the Premier League. <laughs> when your team gets sawn off. First day, it's going to happen. You made an interesting point, actually. We'll talk to Keith Hackett about this later on. It's not like We said next season there'll be no VAR in the Premier League, but could it be half a season? Could they make a decision at Christmas? To, I mean, probably not. You can't gear up like that. You no. kind of half the, because then if you've got half the competition excuse, excuse under the, yeah, yeah, excuse the competition. That would have been a goal... Mm. Had we played in Yeah, general, they're going to have to leave it to the yeah, following year. But it's, it's definitely going to come in. There's no question. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to earn the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. 
The single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bingbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. We've got the Open coming up later this week. Yeah, and bring it to you here to on TalkSport yeah. and TalkSport 2, of course. And we'll catch up with Bob Bubker over the next few days. The, all the tea times have, uh, have happened today, haven't they? So mm. we'll find out who's going out with who, and we'll come back to that a little bit later on. But over this weekend... The Long Drive World Series was taking place in this country. It goes around uh, the world mm. at various points on a bit of a tour. And uh, here to tell us a bit more about it, Martin Wesney, who is the series organiser. Hi, Martin. Good afternoon, Japs. So, uh, how did it all go for you this weekend? It was, it was fantastic. And we got uh, an all-English final, um, which was great for the venue and obviously for our, our guys. And the two-time world champion, Joe Miller, won. Um, that's actually his first event for us win. Right. So, uh, yeah, it went absolutely fantastically. Brilliant. What are the rules of this? Do they have to, because obviously they, they're going for full power and length. So accuracy, is that part of it or not? Um, well, we, we create a grid, which is effectively sort of 60 yards wide. So like a quite a wide fairway. Um, but it varies from venue to venue. Um, and then they're looking for, yeah, basically power is what they're after. So um, club head speeds that, some of the guys get to a sort of 150 miles an hour plus. Um, and if you look at some of the top guys on tour, their, their club head speed would be 125, something like that. Um, so they'd hit it, they hit it sort of 50 yards further, 60 yards further than anybody else. And what about the restrictions on, on, uh, on the clubs they can use or the yeah. balls they can use? Are they kind of fairly uniform in, in the tournament? Yes. So all the, all the clubs uh, conform to uh, all the regulations. Um, they normally do go for the full length. Um, the only, the main difference with what these guys uh, do, apart from obviously the power, strength, and speed, is that the club has a, a much flatter face. So, uh, a standard driver that you'd see on tour would have, say, between nine and ten and a half degree loft. Um, these guys are hitting between sort of two and five degree loft, right. and also the tees are much higher. So they they, they use a four inch tee. So you're, the eleva- so the, the you know when they're hitting the ball is much flatter, but it's much higher. So they're using the tee to get the elevation, not the club. 
Did anybody take a three wood? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, weird, well, weirdly, Joe Miller actually does a, a, a trick with a putter where he'll we, drive a putter over 300 yards. No. It's yeah. <laughs> <Well>, incredible. <laughs> and is this about brute strength, technique? What, what, what makes a great long driver? It's all of the above, actually. I mean, most of the guys are sort of, you know, six foot four and above. Um, they take this very seriously. They're all very, the, the weird thing is they're actually all pretty much all very, very good golfers. Um, so the first question people ask us is, well, yeah, look, they're great big guys and they can hit it a long way, but can they play golf? Hmm. And, you know, sort of the short answer is, yeah, some of them are actually pro golfers. Um, but they can just hit it a very long way. Um, so training is important. The technique is important. Um, and, and, and really practice. I mean, you know, some of these guys are hitting sort of a thousand balls a day in practice and two hours in the gym every day. Wow. What is the longest drive on record? Uh, do we know uh, the long, longest drive on record is five one five. Wow. Um, but in Mexico we had a four eight three. Um, on the weekend we had a four four three nine, and that's mm-hmm. obviously sea level of the UK. So you know we get some pretty big numbers. These guys, you know, we don't start the grid till three hundred yards in the UK, and we started the grid at four hundred yards in Mexico. Wow, is that because the air is thinner, I suppose? Yeah. So the air is thinner, yeah, 7,000 feet. Yeah. Uh, and I see here there's somebody called Lisa Longball on on your website, so presumably women are doing this as well. <laughs> yes, there, I mean, we don't have a ladies' um, hmm. section at the moment, but uh, in America they have a, there's a ladies' section, yeah. And they can, I mean, they can drive that as further than most men can, that's for sure. And so where have you recruited from? And they sort of, do you go to the big hitters and say, look, do you want to get involved? Or Yes. Yeah, so basically, we we we've been going. This is our second end, of, sort of towards the end of our second year now. Uh, with and um, what we did, we looked at effectively what you would call the top kind of ten, twelve guys in the world. Invited them to come to a competition, and then we have uh, an open section. So effectively, anyone who fancies their chances can register, come along, and qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go up against those guys. And the the the, the good thing about long drive is that it it's all on one ball sometimes. Um, so you might you might have a fantastic set. Say so we do eight balls in three minutes and then they have a power ball, which is like, almost like a penalty shootout or a golden shot, if you like. Um, and we've had it where the the penalty shootout, if you like, that's one. And they've literally won the match on one ball. Um, so it's, it's a, there's a ton of pressure. Um, and it's, it's sort of you know, world's strongest man for, for for golf, if you like. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, um, it reminds me of the home run derby in the All-Star game. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Where, where they, they try and it. drive it as far as they can. Mm. Yeah, it's, there's something quite thrilling about seeing somebody just hit it as hard as they can. Really. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it does come down to sort of, you know, man's uh, basic instinct of watching people lift things really heavy or hit things really far or, you know, and um, the brute strength of these guys. I mean, the techniques are unbelievable if you watch it on the YouTube channels and stuff. And... Uh, you think how 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 can they do that? How can they get so fast? Does anybody do a kind of Happy Gilmore run up? Or are they... we, have, we have had that. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> in last year in our uh, in our event in Dubai, uh, Rafa uh, Rafa was there, mm. and uh, we did a little. He came on just for fun, and uh, one of the players had a had a sort of a Happy Gilmore hit off with him. He did he he hit it normally with his golf swing, and, and we said, look, we'll do a Happy Gilmore just to give you. Um, you know, a chance, as it were. Right. And, so, um, that, that was great fun. And next for you, is it? I see it's Portugal. Uh, sorry, Switzerland from your website. You go Switzerland in August, and then uh, Portugal is part of the Portuguese Masters in September, which we did last year as well, which which went down brilliantly. Um, last year we did it on the Sunday night, but this year they've asked us to do it on the Saturday evening um, because it's a good entertainment spectacle. It's a good hour of 
of fun and power and um, you know we pump the music up it's not like golf at all you know there's music there's DJs there's VIP areas everyone's drinking I mean it's it's, it's a, a party for golf really and who's your tip for the Open finally? <laughs> um, I'd like to see who would I like to see? <laughs> it's, it's too, it's the one who hits many. it the furthest. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to put my money on anyone. No, no. And, I, and I, you know, depending on the weather, you just don't know. It, no. could, it could be anyone's. It's, you know, it's like the Grand National. It could be anyone's. Well, good to talk to you, mine. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. It's really odd, I've been Russian music, isn't it? After about nearly five <laughs> weeks true, really, yeah. of constant Russian ins and outs. But anyway, uh, we leave the World Cup behind and uh, we count down at the start of the uh, season. That's right. Now, not everybody enjoyed the World Cup. This bloke, uh, Dag Smith from Worcester, wrote oh, yeah. to the Mail on Sunday. I often yesterday. turn to him when I want to know what people thought of the World Cup. <laughs> I don't know. He said, until reading Peter Hitchens' column, I thought I was the only male in the country who was not bothered whether England won the World Cup. Hmm. With so much football and tennis on TV recently, we've been forced to become sports fanatics. You think, well, not really. You've got about 500 other channels. You've got box sets. You've got books. Yeah. You don't need a for- book. You're not forced at all, are you, really? Yeah. So stop moaning. If you don't like it, just keep quiet about it. We all loved it. My oldest lad, uh, he has come up with a name, and We don't play sport or not anymore, but this no. name is set. It's a real name, right? Yeah. She is the coach of a Murray State women's uh, golf team, hmm. the college sports team. And uh, this is this is a sensation. If this was running the three three thirty at Kempton, you wouldn't think twice. Step forward, Murray State women's golf coach Velvet Milkman. Velvet Milkman, yeah. I fancy Velvet Milkman in the three thirty as long as he gets the trip. He gets, I think he'll, he'll get yeah. the winter race. And it's Velvet Milkman, yeah. <laughs> Velvet Milkman is a is, great name for a horse. Yeah, is right. Yeah, what about that? It's fantastic, isn't it? Infantino, according to Martin Lipton and the Sun, he's still refusing to give up on his plan to expand the 2022 World Cup. You should say still refusing to give up on his plan to ruin the two. 2022 World Cup. Yeah. 48 teams. It's de- and definitely not in a place where they've only got one place for stadiums. I mean, I can't see how that would work in Qatar at all. You know, it seems very odd. Mm. I don't think it'll work anyway. We don't need it, but there you go. Um, this is a wonderful fake news story in the Daily Star today. Chelsea want to explode, exploit. Chelsea want to explode. They want to explode. I want to explode. <laughs> they want to exploit a loophole created for rocker Keith Richards. So their new boss can have a fag during matches. Yeah. Uh, apparently he does like to smoke. We've, we've heard this about him. Mm. Uh, but uh, Newham Council allowed Keith Richards to puff away during the band show at the London Stadium uh, this year as it was part of the performance. And Chelsea could look to exploit the loophole to keep their chain-smoking boss happy. An insider said, I don't know who he is, Maurizio will struggle if he has to wait 90 minutes to have his next ciggy. He'll be in a foul mood, especially if Chelsea have another season like last year. <laughs> This is so not an insider saying this. This is just the bloke who wrote the piece. The the Uh, bad news, Andy, of course, is if you uh, leave... I don't know if you know the rules. If you leave Stamford Bridge for a cigarette... hmm. 
um, there is no readmittance. You can't get back in. So if you say to the steward, I mean, it's probably true of every football ground. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. This is a good point, actually. Listeners can tell us. I'm sure there's some smokers no, there. There is no readmittance. Won't say, oh, I've just, I've, I've got to have a cigarette. I can't stand the tension. Yes, mate, feel free, but you're not coming back and in. And the whole ground is, is yeah. it's not just the, the stadium. It's all the surround of the stadium. Have you noticed, though, in the past what goes on? I've noticed it a couple of times at Wembley, and I used to notice it at White Hart Lane. Some people just can't get through. So they go to the loo, where there are generally no stewards in there, and they smoke a cigarette in about 10 seconds. (laughs) They're just almost like in one inhale. Have you seen I haven't seen that lately. No. People... When it first came in the smoking ban, I've seen people, people I've seen, did. I think most people go along with it now. I've so. seen people use the loos. You see the white smoke appearing from uh, from the cubicles now and again. That people yeah, can't yeah. get through the ninety minutes. It does seem a bit odd though. I'm sure he'll, he'll surely he can get through the ninety minutes, can't he? Without well, sorry, I'd like to think so. It should be a deal breaker <laughs> if you're going to be a football manager. Well, should I, be able to go ninety minutes without a cigarette. And uh, some, a couple of posh announcements today, blimey. It, how's this one for the wedding of Count... Oh, no, the engagement of Count G.F. Del Bono and Miss C.A. Fox Andrews. The engagement announced between uh, Gian Filippo, elder son of the Count and Countess Lupo Del Bono of Milan and Panama. It's quite a long... It's quite a big distance between yeah, those, but I don't know. Blimey, yeah, you the Countess service. of Panama and Milan, but there you well, go. You can't do, like, Panama in the afternoon and... <laughs> Where was it? Milan in the morning. Milan, that does seem a bit odd. And um, well done to uh, the Peckham Coopers. Uh, yes, is that is these people called Cooper from Peckham, or is this a double barrel <laughs> no, name? Double barrel name. Hugo is the the born a brother to. Oh no, Jasper William. <laughs> Spit it out, man! You're just saying Jasper, words. <laughs> Jasper William Hector, brother to Hugo. Both of them unlikely to run their own whelk stands. Would be my view. <laughs> going to come round the pubs on a Friday night, super cockle on their back in a big basket, aren't they? It does seem. I know we're going to have a chat about um, Fortnite in a, uh, later on in the show. Yeah, you're quite well. a convert to the game Fortnite, well, aren't quite, you? Andy? I'm quite fascinated. Brilliant piece in the uh, in the times this morning yeah and uh, and apparently you can watch it online so I went it's a thing called twitch and you go and watch these people playing and it, it's incredible I mean each one had about 20 or thirty thousand people watching live so it's an amazing phenomenon this you can't there's no point are you, are you thinking of taking it up Andy or no it's it, this piece said it's 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 great for young people because it's a bit like the effect Elvis Presley had all those years ago where old, older generation didn't understand him at all and the younger generation took him to, to their hearts because mm. it separated them from their parents you know and so they loved it and this is a bit the same although the England team uh, Danny Alley spent basically 147 hours because you could watch them. they were playing publicly so he's Delstrea 14 okay and he played 441 matches during the World Cup mm. for a total number of hours of 147 I think somebody worked out it's about nearly six days. So he spent six days while he was away playing <laughs> Fortnite. Fortnite. Uh, Harry Surely Kane. should have spent 14 days. <laughs> you have thought so, yeah. Harry Kane, he was second. Harry HK93. Yeah. Played 121 hours. And Kieran Trippier, it's obviously a big thing at Spurs. He, he played for 111 hours. Really? Yeah, so there you go. But there are some readers amongst them, though. Did you notice that? Fabian Delft was saying mm. the other day, oh, we got a few readers. Eric Dyer's a reader. He's got to be, isn't he? Well, I think yeah, when he's not at the art galleries, he's reading. Yeah. Imagine listening to a string quartet in his smoking jacket. 
takes his tracksuit off and he's there looking like Cyril Fletcher in the corner with a little. I think so. I'd like to think that's definitely. Harry, Harry and uh, congratulations to Kieran Trippier. He got the freedom of Berry. I'm sure you saw it in the yeah, papers. Yeah, the freedom of Berry. But well we done. decided that not to get the uh, the local council because we've had that conversation quite a lot over the years. Well, we only we know where it goes. We yeah. get him on. It would have been Labour councillor Rishi Shorey, and we would have said to him, uh, uh, "Hi, Rishi." We said, "Hello." So what does it entail? Well, not much really. It's ceremonial. Can he drive his uh, sheep down the ice street? No, he can't. Okay, Rishi. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. So that would have been, it would have effectively been that conversation. Been that so we decided conversation. against it. That's, yeah. that's true. Mm. And um, the start, Danny started this thing where they obviously expected England that we're going to finish third. Yeah. Because they published a thing this morning called The Bluffer's Guide to Famous Thirds with Paul Donnelly. On Saturday, Belgium pipped England to win the third place. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's how to bluff your mates with your knowledge of all things third. Why would you? It was Belgium, not us. <laughs> Have you got one fourths? Yeah, famous fourths. Oh, no. Doesn't really work quite as well, does it? That's definitely one of those where the edit said, yeah, just go on, stick it in any way. <laughs> stick it in any way. No one's going Maybe Andy Jacobs will notice, but no one else will. <laughs> exactly. No one else will mind. Uh, Sam Pauli's got the uh, sack, hasn't he? Argentina's coach. Yes. Um, we'll be chatting to Tim Vickery a little bit later in the week about that, but that's not a massive no great surprise. surprise, was it? That's you'd right. love to know exactly what went on there. Apparently, Mascherano yeah. and Messi took over the dressing room. So. That's the word. So, yeah, there'll be a lot of fallout, I'm sure, after that. And uh, one for Alan if he gets a bit warm and he's doing the mm. show in the mornings. Mm. Um, one of the uh, supermarkets is now, one of the upmarket supermarkets, is now selling rose wine ice lollies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what about that? That's quite good. I, yeah. It's probably Fro- the one that he always goes into. A it? frozen cocktail on a stick. Wow. For Alan. So uh, does seem don't good. tell him, mate. Don't uh, tell him. Sandy Worsley of Rochester in Kent wrote to the Sun today with this. She said, I really hope that our England boys know just how proud we are of their conduct on and off the field. That's true. Uh, although such a young team, they played with dignity, respect, and show what sportsmanship's all about. People really change their tune. Watch this team blossom, Yeah, says Sandy. I don't know whether... Sandy's got any knowledge about how the team's going to pan out, but there you go. Maybe she's had a good look at the youth players coming through. I'm guessing she has. <laughs> and uh, you've probably seen this, but if not, um, Gareth Southgate has uh, been given the great accolade of having Southgate uh, tube station on the Piccadilly line named in his honour for 48 hours. And mm. claiming this is our old mate Mike Collett, a journalist, who last Sunday on Facebook said if England win the World Cup, they should rename Southgate Station Gareth Southgate Station. So someone was watching oh, yeah. because they Great. have now, Mike. So well, very well done to you. And, uh, yeah, just for 48 hours, I'm sure it's a little photo op for anybody who's at the that end uh, mm. of the uh, of the Piccadilly line and wants to get a picture of that. So. Some of the journalists coming back uh, are been away for five weeks, mm. which is a long haul. I mean, we did two and a half and it was long enough. So, yeah, I... I all right, they're at a World Cup and they're having fun. Yeah, but could be worse. Could be worse. But they were sort of saying they can't believe Love Island is still going. <laughs> it, it, was, it started before the World Cup. It's still going. They received a massive 557 complaints. He wants to, because, you know, Gianni Infantino wants to increase it to 48 uh, contestants in Love Island. <laughs> oh, does he really? Yeah, in four yeah. years' time. That would work. Yeah. They received a massive 557 complaints. Uh, after Idris lied to Laura about Jack and you George's You could be kiss. saying any name. Me idea. too. Not no idea. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Sorry you got me. Well, obviously, yeah. you know, well, 500, love it. 557, was it? Yeah. What were that? I'm watching that uh, all the time, playing Fortnite. I'm going to have no time to do the show, Andy. I mean, a bit like, I'd love you to be playing Fortnite, spending days. <laughs> there you are, clicking away. You're going to, you, you've not tried it yet. You're not tempted. No, I, I don't like it. It's good enough games. for Deli Alley. 
to me, I'm watching it. It to me looks like the, the your classic shoot 'em up game. Really, I couldn't yeah. see the, what was so different about this one that's caught on. But apparently, there's an online shop you can buy different outfits for your team and everything like that. So you know. Yeah. Andy Jacobs' uh, games forum that he now introduces. The games <laughs> yeah, I guru, know, I know. Andy Jacobs. <laughs> Jonathan Bills will be amused. Don't ask me to leave it out or turn it up or pack it in. Don't ask me. Yes, time for Don't Ask Me. Five questions for Andy Jacobs uh, based on last week's shows. Can I oh, get, yes. Can he get mm. five out of five? Very unlikely. Let's, put this let's to bed, go, Andy, shall we? Hmm. So, okay, Friday then. What's well, well, the question for Friday? We spoke to Todd Macklin, and a guy had got a certain amount of notoriety after going to a, uh, a Cubs game uh, because he had something on his face. What did he have on his face? Cheese. <laughs> no, wasn't it? He had something on his beard. That's mustard. Mustard. Well, you said cheese. All right, I'll let cheesy that go. Mustard. No, it wasn't cheesy mustard. It was just mustard mustard. Cheese. Um, okay, well, anyway, it was mustard, so I'll let you have that one then. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, we spoke to Craig Davis. Uh, he's the Manchester... <laughs> sorry, not Manchester. I keep doing that. Winchester City. Mm. I wish we had the money of the Manchester City manager. Yeah. Winchester City manager. Um, because oh, yeah. his team uh, was being managed uh, on football manager by which French footballer? Usman Dembele. That's right, yeah. You're not saying cheese to that one, are you? <laughs> no. Um, okay, <laughs> Mike Parry and Mike Graham joined us on Wednesday. We were live ahead of uh, England's right, yeah. semi-final. And um, Mr. Parry was claiming the success of Three Lions. When, in fact, when he was at the FA, he he chose the official song as well, which was covered by which well-known pop star? Oh, it was Mick Hucknall. It was Mick Hucknall and Simply Mm. Red. Okay, you're on fire, apart from the the first one. Um, (laughs) Stephen Sylvester joined us to talk about England's excellent sports psychologist. He did such a great job. What's her name? Dr. Pippa Grange. Whoa! Okay, then, can he get five out of five or four and a half when you consider he got the first one wrong, technically? Um, We spoke to the comedian Tom Ward. He's a Southampton fan, and his upcoming show at Edinburgh has got a very interesting title, and we talked about it in great depth. So, what's the show called? Last Monday, we we talked a lot about it because it was a very quirky, different uh, name of a show, Andy. This is for the fridge freezer. <laughs> I'm afraid it's completely gone. Really? I, I can't even remember Tom. I can't picture him. Really? Well, he's a very striking man with a very interesting haircut. I don't know as if I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> Bodes well. Anyway, it was called Popcorn Lung. Oh, yes. Popcorn. It sounds like a Frank Zappa album. Yeah. Popcorn Lung, it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a thing something you that happens if people when you work in popcorn factories. That's right. So there we are. And uh, say, Popcorn Lung. They completely escaped. Yeah, escaped never, I was never going to remember that. Was okay, I? well, it was possible. I built the tension up. I'll let you off the first one. You got that one wrong. So, so, so there we are. Um, we're back uh, tomorrow from one. Thanks for downloading us. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.